This is the SBM Show, episode number 244. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, the SBM Show, here with you today. I'm your host, Bruce Irving, on another podcast episode of Great Entrepreneur. Today's episode is brought to you by us, Smart Beats Marketing. If you need some help with the digital marketing, we can help you do that. Uh, smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. We work with one pizzeria per zip code and we can help you do your digital marketing. If you're a restaurant that has multiple locations or a pizzeria and you need some help figuring out what's working, all these platforms change constantly. Uh, if you need some help with figuring out what's working, you can go to smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash zip. See if your zip code is available. I'm excited for today's guest. Welcome to the show, everybody, by the way. This is Bruce. I'm your host today. I'm excited for my guest. His name is Dan. He owns Zesty's Pizza. And this is an episode that we've got asked quite a bit about. Not this particular episode, but something that has to do in well, something that has goes on with Dan in his business. It's about taking over a family business. Dan's dad came over from uh, Greece, I believe it was, opened a pizzeria here in the New England area. And then him and his brother took it over. And sometimes that transition is difficult. Listen, my wife's parents are immigrants from Greece as well. And if you're in the restaurant space, especially here in the Northeast, there's a certain mindset that goes along with owning and operating a restaurant. And the younger generation of folks like myself have to adapt and get those older generational people to realize that times are changing and you have to change with the times. Using social media, uh, building better culture inside of your restaurant. The way you operated back in the day doesn't necessarily uh, translate to how people want to work for companies today. And sometimes that is hard to do. So we talk about that on this episode. Dan's a great dude, uh, smart guy. They own three restaurants now in the Northeast area. So if you want to go check them out, you can go visit them at zestiespizza.com, I believe is the website. And if that's wrong, I will link up the show notes for you at the end of this episode. So stay tuned. I think Dan mentions where you can go check them out. Uh, I also have to say thank you to... Before we get into today's episode, I have to say thanks to our sponsor, Square Payroll. Listen, when I was operating our pizzerias, payroll was something that gave me a headache every single week. It was expensive, it was unorganized, and it was hard for me to manage. That's why I teamed up with Square Payroll. Here's the thing. It's only $29 per month plus $5 per W-2 employee, and it comes with so many cool features like if you use the Square POS, it integrates all of the time cards right into the payroll service so you don't have to do that. And it also integrates with any Square time card partner. It also takes care of all of your annual and quarterly payroll tax withholdings, payments, and filings at no extra cost. And it has fair and flexible pricing and it grows with your business. Just $29 a month plus $5 per employee. So as you grow, it grows with you. You don't have to pay all of that right up front. Square Payroll offers benefits as well like health insurance, 401k, workers' compensation, and pre-tax spending. And again, three months for free for Smart Pizza Marketing podcast listeners. You got to go to square.com forward slash go forward slash pizza to get three months for free. Only if you go to that website. Again, that's square.com forward slash go forward slash pizza. Organize your payroll for an affordable price with Square Payroll. All right, so without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. This is episode number 244 of the SPM Show with Dan from Zesty's Pizza. 
Hey guys, welcome back to the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. My guest today is Dan Rokas of Zesty's Pizza. We're gonna talk about his story, how he got into the pizza business, how he's grown his three locations, well, three and a half locations as we talked about before we get on here. We're gonna talk all about that. So Dan, thank you so much for taking the time out of the day. I know you're a busy guy, so I appreciate you joining me on the podcast here. Uh, thank you, Bruce. Um, so I got into the business. My father started um, the original Zesty's in 1981. Um, and, you know, I kind of grew up in the kitchen there, you know, so it wasn't exactly stay home from school sick plenty of days. I would be forced to go in with him to work for the day. So <laughs> I just kind of grew up there, you know, it was, there just wasn't, it was just, you know, the, where, you know, both parents work and there wasn't really many options. Right. And I didn't mind it because, you know, I, most of the staff was always, you know, good people there and it was actually kind of like a fun day. So it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. And then, um, my original plan wasn't to get into the pizza business. I went to our college, uh, Roger Williams, down in Rhode Island, and construction management was my major there. And um, I kept working at Zesty's in the summer, and then we moved to a new location the year I graduated college in '09. And when we got to a new location, right away, business spiked 60%, and um, I knew right away that that, that – this was for me. Like I really, at that point, you know, I kind of had found my niche in, in the spot and, you know, going forward, that was, uh, that's what I, that's what I wanted to do. And then, you know, from there just been kind of grinding. And then about 2013, you know, it's, it's my brother and I are partners. Um, and, and my father's kind of taken a step back the last, you know, six, eight years. Let me ask you a question about and, um, growing up 20... in the pizza business before you get going into that further detail. Uh, okay. So a lot of people I talk to have families that uh, own and operate pizzerias when they're younger. And a lot of them say they go off to do something else. Like what, what two questions for you, what made you not want to be part of the pizza business when you were younger? And then what was that deciding factor for you to come back? Was it just that it was busy or that you were interested in it? Like what made you not want to be part of it when you were younger though? My, my dad really pushed me to not want it. Um, you know, he came over from Greece, so he really didn't, you know, he came over when he was about 12. And um, so that's all he really knew. And he just, he worked a lot, a lot of hours, weekends, and he just worked a ton. Um, and he's just like, get a nine to five with vacation benefits. You know, he really was kind of pushing that on me. Right. And, um, and my brother at the time, you know, when I was going through college, he was working full time, you know, running the shop for, for my dad and um my brother and i have always been best friends he's five years older than me but um we've always been super super close so you know we decided you know this might be best going forward and my father didn't have a problem with it you know we're busy enough to kind of support salaries for both of us at the time um and then we just kept we just kind of went from there so you at first your you, your dad kind of pushed you away from doing it. You just not pushed me away like for it. sure, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he worked so many hours. Yeah, like it's just tough for a family. Like, I don't remember him a ton when I'm you know from ten years and younger because he just wasn't home much. You know. Yeah. This is you know you only close four days a year, or at least we do. You know Thanksgiving, Christmas, Easter, Fourth of July. Those are the four days, and the rest of the time we're rocking and rolling right and you know? it's long hours too it's not like you open at so, four you're probably open at 11 you got to be there at eight or nine or ten and you're there till 11 12 exactly at night. Yeah. exactly well we close at nine and um we usually can be out by nine nine thirty nine fifteen nine thirty you know yeah 
So that part, it's not, but it's still, I mean, 8 a.m. to 9.30, that's a, that's a that's a long day. You do, you know, five, six of those a week. Right. You know, and even when you are home, you're kind of junk and just kind of need to recover. Or when you're in the restaurant business in your home, like, you, unless you're closed, if you're the owner, there's never a day off. You're always getting you're, phone calls. You're always or there. Texts. You're always, yeah. Oh, yeah. Checking on always. it. Somebody's always. calling out or missing yep. something. You never really have a day off. Unless- yeah. Oh, it, it's, no. Yeah, just Saturday night at 845, I, I have the... Lodge at 1048 ovens. One of them had a small little fire in the bottom of it, you know, so I had to go running down there, you know, at day nine o'clock at night on Saturday. You know, fortunately, my wife's pretty understanding. I mean, there's been times we'd be out to dinner and I can check the register from my phone now. And, um, you know, we're close enough and tell you, babe, I gotta go. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, that's just it is what it is. And she's pretty understanding about it. She's not always the happiest about it, but. It, you know, it's almost like having another kid. It really kind of, <laughs> yeah, it really, it really, it is, really is. It's like almost like not a kid, yeah. but a dog. Right? Um, like it's like one of those kids that like you can take your kids with you on vacation. Like the dog sometimes can't come with you on vacation, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like, exactly, oh, what do we do with exactly. the dog when we're going on vacation? Someone's going to watch it. Yeah. Someone's going to take care yeah. of it. Someone's going to feed it, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so, um, so when you it took over into the business, when you came back to go full time, you just had the one location at the time. We just had the one location, um, and that was so. You know, we would, then we go on a couple of years, and I don't want to say it got, it got stale, but at the same time, it's like I, I my my father's had a couple managers here. One's been here as long as I have. Another one's been here twenty years, and then it was me and my brother. So it was us four with the main guys. Um, and at that point, it's like, I, I thought I was ready because I wanted to open another one, you know, and, and the way that my town, uh, Trumpster works, is a, a little rotary, and then there's North Trumpster, and there's been a spot there we've been eyeing for a few years, and it was still vacant, and I approached my dad about it, and um, my, you know, my, my, my brother was interested, my father was interested, you know, and yep. like, look, you know, at some point, we're going to have families, and we're gonna, I, I want to make more money, and I know, you know, with the lot we spent the last three years kind of you know, maximizing sales at this store, um, I think it's time to kind of increase our footprint and add a second location. You know, so we went through, you know, the whole process of ripping the place apart and, you know, cutting it and designing the kitchen. And that's kind of like, that's, I, mean, I guess, a small kind of what I went to school for, the construction management. I, I managed most of that project. And then, you know, kind of carrying some extra staff for a few months, getting some extra people trained. So when we opened, we kind of could hit the ground running. You know? How long ago was that when your second location opened? Uh, we opened in December of 2013. Oh, so not too long ago. No, we're on year six right now. So that's, I mean, listen, you know, having going from one location to two can be challenging because you kind of take some staff from your first location sometimes and move it over to the second one. And then you're like... You're not at the point yeah. where you're ready to manage multiple locations. You're just trying to figure all that out. Yeah, well, fortunately, I'm with my brother as my partner, and we had two really solid guys at our original location that had been there, you know, 45 years between the two of them, you know? Right. So we knew we'd always have these from the top down, would have some good, uh, some good people there, at least to make sure everything goes out good. Did you, you take know? one of the managers from your original store to the second store, or did you just go there with no. your brother? I went there, my brother's, pretty much just me and my brother, and we had some other staff. So what what this allowed us to do was kind of create more manager roles for our staff that, you know, with my, our two guys that have been there forever and my brother and I, 
we really couldn't take anyone else any further than, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, a line cook or something because yeah. there's just no room for it. Right, right, right. You know, so by adding the second store, it, it opened us up, uh, you know, a couple more manager spots. So we were able to kind of take just, it just allowed, allowed a couple of our, um, our staff to grow into, you know, a role that could actually like, you know, support them going forward. If that sure. makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. Because it's at some point, if you have one location, you could have the best staff in the world, but they're not going to stay forever if it's just a hourly role. They're going to they're going to age out of it. Right. You know, it's just it's just the way it is. You can only pay them so much. You know, there's only you know payroll can only be such a big piece of the pie. So you know, at some point they're gonna they're gonna move on. Right. Whether it was their favorite job or not, it's just it is what it is. You know. And how was sales for that first? Then, store? Um, Did it start off busy, or was it something that you had to grow into? Um. We're fortunate. I, I mean, with my father, you know, building up and us building up a really good reputation for that first store, we were profitable from day one. That's um, great. You know, obviously, you had that honeymoon, the honeymoon phase for the first, you know, couple months where it gets, it's, you know, really busy, um, and then it kind of tapers off for the next six months, a year, and then you kind of start building from there. Right. You know, so after after a couple months, my father didn't understand that part. You know, he's in there, you know, yelling at us and you guys are running this place into the ground. No, I'm like, hey, Dad, we're not losing any money. This is just how it is. Right. You know, this is, you know, you have all this new spot. We created a buzz and all these people are trying us and, you know, it kind of takes a little while to feel trouble who, who likes what you got. And, you know, obviously we made, you know, we made some small mistakes in the beginning. Just adding a new location is just kinks to work out. You know, yeah, definitely just variables that you couldn't account for. And sometimes, like you said, you know, there's gonna I mean, be there was a, there's gonna be people who try you out who you're you're not gonna be for every single person in every town. Like not everybody's gonna love like exactly. everything you do. So you're gonna have customers who come try you out, and you're like, you know what? That's not for me. Yeah, no, that's okay. I mean, there's a reason why ten plus pizza shops in every town can survive. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. everyone like a different shop. You know, it's not. You know, there's no hard feeling that I don't really get offended. It, it, you know, I, I know, I know we do a good business. I know our, our services, you know, on point. We we do the best we can, um, but it's just it's not for everyone. Some people like you know more of like the Italian hand stretched style pizza more, and you know, ours is the pan Greek pizza. So if, if that's what you like, you know, I'll try our subs or our salads or something else. You know, right? Which is kind of a New England thing. I I actually. Listen, I get to eat a lot of pizza doing the show and traveling where we do. I'm, and, I'm sure. Uh, I eat a ton of pizza around the country, and I, I actually enjoy the Greek-style pizza once in a while in my area because it's you can only find it here. For some reason, they don't have it anywhere else in the country. Yeah. Um, no, nowhere else. No, definitely. And I enjoy it once in a while. Like, I love it. It's mm-hmm. it, it's definitely, like, comforting because I'm from here. I grew up here. That's kind of, like, the style of pizza that's just as – much well-known here as Italian style, right? But if you go to, like, California, you don't say, hey, is it Italian style or is it Greek style? This is not a question no, you ask. No, it's only, it's only, in, it's only in, in this area, right. for sure. Um, so that's true. What would, like, what's something that you, if you could go back and do it all over again, opening your second store, like, is there anything that you would have done differently? Yeah, I probably would have put more, in a, and, I, and I actually had a chance to do this when we opened up our third uh, a little over a year ago, you know, so I just played this game with myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was basically, you know, I I'd had some inexperienced girls working the phone, some new people I was training. Um, 
and just when, you know, new customers, they're, they're just going to ask a lot of questions. And when some of your newer staff just isn't quite there with the menu yet and they can't answer the questions efficiently, you just, you know, people are just going to get irritated. Yeah. So I made sure for the first few months at the new spot, there's this, you know, in my Bill Ricker store that we had super experienced people on the phones at all times. Yeah, that's super important. And that, you just get a- we don't like, and I think sometimes, because I used to own and operate two locations myself, I think that as owners, we take for granted a little bit the nuances of owning uh, or opening a new location because we know that. So we're like, oh, they'll give us a chance to, to you know, give us uh, uh, four or three extra minutes on the phone to find those answers for them. But the customer yep. doesn't know that. They just wanted the answers. They don't no. care that you're new or they don't care how long that person's been working there. They call, they know you're new, but they want the answers to the questions that they have right away. Yep. You know, when you have an established business, you can kind of, I mean, you're obviously always having to train people in this right, business, just right. a, a higher turnover. You just, you always, you get the benefit of the doubt on a store that you've had there for 35 years, you know? Totally. Whereas, if, you know, when you're just opening, and I see it on the, um, when, it, you know, there's a big Trumpster news group that I'm a part of, like 15,000 members, and anytime a new restaurant opens, they're all on there talking about it, and I'm like, give them six months to kind of work it out. If you went in there and tried it and, and it wasn't great, like just give them six months. You know, yeah. I would never say don't go in there for six months because, but um, right. you got to give them a chance to work out the kinks because it, I don't care how good they are. You know, if they only got two hands and if you see 10, 12 people back there coordinating them and getting them all on the same page, just isn't always the easiest thing, especially if they're opening a restaurant from scratch and didn't have a chance to train a bunch of them in another location. Right. You should, like you said, try them out, but don't, don't judge them or review them for that first three to six months because it's going to take them that long just to get there. You're going to have new people who you hire, and half of them are going to be gone in that six months, and then you're going to have the whole new group oh, of yeah. people anyway. For sure. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not going to be perfect, like you said. I yep. wish I wish that it could be, you could find an affordable way to like open a restaurant and just give away the food for the first three months to get everybody used to it, but you can't do that. It's like not possible. No. No, it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, especially nowadays. It's way hard. harder now than I, I bet you your third location was probably harder for you to open financially than your second one because in the last six or seven years, so much has changed. Yeah, um, it's, it was a much smaller spot. So my second store at dining for about, you know, 70 people. Um, and my, my third spot, but we're only dining for, you know, only four tables in there. Um, my north, my second store, I did, I did this big, uh, dining room and it just, you know, 45% of my sales are delivery. Right. So, so you, you know, I've got, you know, and, and I mean, I get, I use it, you know, I've got some driver's ed classes there that, you know, every school vacation, it turns into a cafeteria with 60, 70 kids in there, right? you know, and then in the summertime, you know, so it's great. I mean, I do a lot of, I can get a lot of sports teams in there from the high school, you know, that'll that'll all come in there. So I use it, but on a day-to-day basis, it's not, it's not quite as much. So I'm in the third location. I'm like, all right, I, uh, my brother and I projected it as more of a delivery spot because that's essentially what this business is really turning into now. For us, at least, like a good chunk of sales are delivery. Like, well, why are we going to pay all this extra money for rent and on a bigger, you know, footprint? When, you know, if we project this sort of be 50% of sales of the delivery, I mean, what's, why do we need all the extra space? 
Make sense? You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Do you do your own delivery or do you use any third-party service? Oh, yeah. We, we do all, all delivery in-house. Okay. So you have all your own delivery drivers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, trying to route them and coordinate deliveries, that's a, that's a, that's a tough task in and of itself. It is. Do you do, do yeah, deliver you, The delivery part of the game is, is very hard. Do you use any third-party delivery services well, or any third-party online ordering services? So, no. I uh, have my own um, integrated online ordering system into my POS. Um, so they order and you know, tickets print right to my kitchen. You know, their orders are in the system. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't do anything else. We had DoorDash uh, had just added us recently, but we just sat down and met with a rep from DoorDash to get us taken down. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of DoorDash for the pizza business, Why? especially the independent. What was your experience with them? Well, think it was kind of they kind of half-assed putting their system together in the area so that they had an awful version of our menu that nothing was priced right and then they'd have someone from you know that didn't speak great english calling our store in the middle of the rushes to place the orders you know and asking the and that's just asking a lot of questions holding someone on the phone for four or five minutes for their order and then on top of that they charged we're charging my customers that are I offer my own delivery service to an extra like four or five bucks of a service fee on top of that, you know? Right. So I, re- I really didn't like DoorDash that. And, you know, from an independent pizza standpoint that offers my own delivery, the more options people get for the de- delivery, you know, the less, you know, especially if like, you know, if they can get Wendy's or whatever other, you know, McDonald's for delivery, you know, that kind of cuts into uh, our main revenue stream. Cause you know, in, around here, there's not that many delivery options. It's really pizza places and maybe a handful of uh, Chinese restaurants. Yeah, that's what I was saying on a different podcast. You know, it's not, too. It's, yeah. So I'd, I'd just be I'd be happy if DoorDash just went away. In this, <laughs> in this area, at least. So I've had a, I've had a lot of people ask me how to get off of there. What did you have to do to get yourself removed? Did you have to meet with them, or could you call them, or what did you do? Well, it worked out. There was a rep in the area. He wanted to sit down and see how DoorDash could improve our business. So I'm like, oh, sure. You know, come sit down with me and my brother at this, you know, at our store at this time. And uh, <laughs> he came down south. I'm like, sure, come on in. I'd like to at least put a face to it, you know? Right. And then um, maybe I had a couple of choice words for his company and uh, how I didn't authorize them doing that. And, um, and he kept pushing, like, you know, this is how we can help. I'm like, I offer my own delivery service. There's really nothing that you can offer me that makes it worth it, you know? Right. It's and crazy. he completely understood. Yeah, I mean, if you own, and, if uh, you offer your um, own delivery, I don't understand why you would use that. I feel like if you did a good job marketing yourself and using, like, Facebook or Instagram or direct mail to get your message out to the potential customers who live in your area like you don't need that third-party service especially if you have your own delivery drivers and you're organized with it yep exactly and and yeah that, that was basically it. I, mean, I, I do not need these people and they somehow you know and i'd google my name i you know zesties and then doordash was up there with like a little ad right up, you know right under it so i think people were just accidentally clicking on it you know, I had one person order through DoorDash, and then DoorDash called me a half hour later to cancel the order. And then two minutes later, I see the exact same order coming through for an online delivery order. And it was pretty 
specific too. You know, I knew it was like the exact same order. There's no way it was just coincidence, you know? So that person Googled you, so I ended ordered up through DoorDash order by accident, and then realized, realized they were paying a premium right. and then placed the online order through me. There's a, there's a podcast episode where the, the founder of DoorDash uh, tells his story of how he started DoorDash, and he basically started DoorDash by doing exactly what you just said, like tricking people into or setting up a website where he would take these menus in these domains from restaurants and people would search that area and those mm-hmm. domains would come up and people would order from him thinking he was the restaurant and then he would call the restaurant, place the order, go pick it up and deliver it himself. So he basically like tried, started a company that's pretty big now, like they're a huge company now. By tricking customers, yeah, oh, they're all over the place. Yeah, it's it's like a billion dollar company, billion some couple billion dollar mm-hmm. company. It's crazy. Um, yep. And I think half the customers who use it do what you just said. They Google your business name, and DoorDash just has the funding to come up first on those Google ads. They come up ahead of you, even though they're Googling your name, and they click on that without even knowing. Yep, that's exactly how a good chunk of it happens. Fortunately, we haven't been dealing with it anymore. I mean, you're lucky. There's a lot of people who are still trying to fight that process. Oh, I know. I, I'm in. I'm on the PMQ forums. I've, I'm all. I, I saw it. I saw the headaches everyone's dealing with, and I'm, I just I feel bad. But you know that this company is taking advantage of small business owners that don't have the time or the means to get rid of them. Right. So let me ask you, you a know? question: How did your third store come about? Was your second store just so busy that you needed a second one, or was there just an opportunity that came up? Um, an opportunity and, uh, and, you know, again, it kind of, the business gets repetitive and I kind of start looking for a new challenge. You know, it's like, I, I've got a good staff in place. And then I see, I've got some, some more younger staff that really love the business. And I kind of ran into the same situation, a similar situation I was running into when it was just the one store that I could only take a handful of these kids so far. Right. You know what I mean? So by adding a third, spot, the third spot, I knew I was going to be able to create a couple more higher paying jobs for a couple really good potential managers, you know? Yeah. So it was just, yeah, that, that was, that was one of the main things. And my brother and I were just kind of ready for another challenge. What? So do you, and then, um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, you first. I was going to say, so did you find like, were you looking, were you like when those employees are like, Hey, were they getting antsy and they're saying, Hey, you know what? I kind of want more opportunity. And you're like, all right, let me, you and your brother talk together. Let's start looking for another location because I think these people can handle it if we move them or if we had to leave this one to go to the new one, they could definitely manage operating this one. Yeah, pretty much it's just a company. I mean, you can just kind of tell they've been there and they just things start getting a little stale for them, you know? Yeah. And, you know, they, they see someone else they think they're as good as in a manager role making, you know, more money. And they kind of want that, you know, but I'm not just going to fire a good manager to promote someone else. You know, it just, it just kind of, that's how we got to that point. Are you having a hard time finding employees? A lot of people I talk to are having a hard time. It seems like you have found some good team members and you're being able to grow because of it. Um, yeah, I, we try and really run a super flexible schedule. We use this app called when I work, um, I float a lot of staff between the stores. I set up each kitchen as close to the same as possible. You know, each location, you know, had its own challenges to get it. But as far as like the system goes and the way the kitchen flows, everything flows the same way. So 
within an hour, I can move someone from one store to another. Within an hour in that new store, they're pretty comfortable with, you know, how everything runs. Right. Well, that makes so it kind easy. of allows us to be a little deeper. Yeah, it allows us to be a little deeper staff-wise without really being as deep, if that makes sense. And I cross-train everyone on every station. I'd rather run a slightly higher um, payroll if they can do more stations. I'm always, you know, pushing people to learn another station. Yeah. Where do you find these you know? people? Is it just word of mouth? Um, word of mouth. I mean, you know, all the high school kids, I'll find one good one, and I'll go through their whole group of friends. I'll just get, keep bringing them to me, keep bringing them to me. You know, because that, that's really the, the best way to go. And then, um, you know, and then it'll be nice. You know, one of my managers, someone will leave, go somewhere else, and then, you know, I'll have to hire some people and get them trained. Then they'll come back, and you know, then I've got, like, a surplus. And um, my brother and I are willing to work a little bit less if it means – to give some hours to like really good help. Right. If that makes sense. Like we don't, I'm not working like my father worked. And, you know, at first that was a, a really big issue with him, but with three locations now, it's more, it's, it's a different type of work than it was when it was just one, you know? Yeah. So you can't be, it's more of just managing the managers at this point And then, you know, kind of being in there and um, just making sure everything's being done right during the rushes and that, you know, systems are staying in place. Yeah. Like when you have, if you have one really busy store, you, you're still kind of a worker, right? Like you, you're not necessarily a business owner at that point because if everybody leaves, you can kind of do it all yourself. But when you have three locations, you have to become a business owner and be able to delegate and organize because you can't be in three locations at once. No. And now, well, that's the hard part. My brother and I are starting to come to now. It's like, there's only two of us and we have three spots. You know? Right. So there's there are times when you Multiple. are needed at all three and you have to decide? Yeah, I mean there is, but I'll I'll really just kind of float my best staff to the one I won't be at. Yeah. You know, our original store, the one my father started, is by far and away our busiest store. You know, it's it's a very, very busy store. Um and my you know, so I with my two top dog, two top guys there that have been with us forever. You know, one of them is always there, you know, seven days a week, unless they're taking vacation time. Um, they're usually there. So I know at least that store, you know, is going to be running smooth. Right. And I'll kind of float between the others. And then um, right after we signed a lease for the Bill Ricca store, a local golf course came to me. They wanted me to take over the kitchen there for the season. This was last season. Um, so we're looking at another spot. I'm like, great. I, I You know, it, it seemed like a really, really good gig there, you know. All the golf tournaments, you know, the league nights, you know, they have a ton of members and um, no rent, no utilities. They just, they needed, a, they needed someone good to come in there and provide good food with good service. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'll give it a shot. It was, you know, it's only a six month, it was only a six month commitment at the time. Um, and again, you know, I had a, 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 an employee I had in mind that would be perfect to run it. Um, so I moved her over there, and uh, she did a great job with it last year. And um, we're back there again this year. That's she's great. got a little staff with her over there. Yeah, and it's nice that it's seasonal too. Yeah, so you get time you know, off. Right? Like once it's know, over, it's over for a little while. You get to take a break. Yeah, it ends uh, the beginning of October. You know, so for the summertime, you know, losing um, that that those two two really good manager level employees over there. 
you know, it kind of forces me to, to train some new people over the summer, you know, because it's created those extra hours. And then, you know, October comes around and I get those two employees back, you know? Right. So it's nice. So come October, it's like I get two, you know, fully trained managers back in the stores that I can kind of deploy where I need to deploy them. So it works. It works out really good. What what online ordering? Are you using online ordering? Yeah, e dining. Okay. E dining express. And what are you doing for marketing? Like, what what marketing are you guys doing? I know you said the the original shop is really busy, so you probably don't need much there. But what are you doing in the other two shops to kind of build exposure there? I I still do, I still do direct mailers there. Um, I do direct mailers at all three. Um, Mail Shark is who I use. Yep. I rotate between the menu, the postcard, you know. Uh, ma- yeah, the magnet, the postcards, the menu, magnet with a Patriots schedule or Bruins, Celtics, you know, Red Sox, whatever season, you know, the magnet happens to fall on that year. How is that working for you? Is um, it, what do you th- has it changed over the years? It's just really difficult to kind of quantify, um, you know, how much the mails really work. You know, we stopped for a year and our sales increase wasn't great. Right. You know, but I don't know what, I don't know if it was just attributed to that or so, but really, I mean, we've been doing it for about eight, nine years now and, and sales are, you know, consistently going up, you know, a thousand, 2000 a week at each store. So that's good. You know, some I mean, of that is price increases. Right. So you look at the, yeah. Cause like, I, and listen, I, I used to do direct mail a lot when we operated and it was like, it worked, you know, 10 years ago, I'd say it worked phenomenal, you know, very, very good. Yeah, but that was like the only. Yeah. So I think that was the only marketing channel you really had as a business owner. I mean, you could go on the Yellow Book and you can go in the newspaper, and then obviously donations and being part of the community. But direct mail was like the spot where you spent most of your money. Yep, and uh, I mean we st- we still spend a, a good chunk there. I mean, I spent I send this year. I cut my two Chelmsford stores, the ones that are established. Um, I was sending out a thousand pieces a week and I cut them down to 500 and um, I'm starting to pump more of the social media. I hired a social media manager uh, a little over about a year and a half ago and um, she does a phenomenal job managing my Facebook and Instagram accounts and just constantly posting good new content. And she's always uh, harassing me to take more pictures of stuff. And she really pushes me to kind of get that stuff done. And that, and that's what I needed. I went to college with her and, she opened up her own business last year, and so um, it's easy for her to be like, "Come on, Dan! Like, I need more pictures of this, this, and this. You know, it's your business. You know, she, she knows how to guilt me into doing it, so right. it works out good." Sometimes you need that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and then if it was just you know someone else, you know, a regular company, and it was just an employee, they they wouldn't because they don't know me like that. They wouldn't be pushing me for it. So it's actually it's got its own little value value to it. You know. That's great. So when's the fourth location opening? That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I think we're good now. Um, yeah, I, I think we're good with the three and a half. That's it for you? Um, I think so. I don't know. It really, it really comes down to, like, I wouldn't want to do it with my own money. If I, if I had one employee that came up to me and was like, look, this is what I want to do. I don't know how to do it, but can you help me find a location? I, I would love to just like get it set up for a price. Cause I, I really like like the design and all that and like picking a location, 
But actually, like going to the day to day to running it after that, I, I want nothing to do with with another one. <laughs> I know it's crazy. You know, it is, it's I can only imagine what it's like to run that, three and a half locations when you go in full steam. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's fun. You know, summertime's fun. <laughs> so everyone takes their vacation time now, so it it can be tough. We run a super flexible schedule. You know, anyone can take off whatever days they want for the following week as long as they have it in by today. It's you know, right now about two thirty, or uh, Thursday at two thirty. For the following week, they can take off whatever days they want. Well, I think that goes. You know? I think that goes back to like why you have people stay with you for so long. Yeah, with this generation, you need super flexible scheduling. You know, my father keeps going. You need to get a set schedule. You need a set schedule, and they need to find the hours themselves. So I'm like, well, then you have people not showing up and people just quitting on you. Yeah, it's like you need to keep it super flexible. You know. Yeah, those old school guys. It's just a different generation. Now. <laughs> yeah, like that. The old school mentality, because my wife's Greek too, so her parents have the same old school mentality when growing up in this area. Like, you know, you mm-hmm. a, as an adult, her dad was like the same way. He would leave for work at 6 o'clock in the morning, and you wouldn't see him till 10 o'clock at night every day, even on Sunday. Christenings, weddings, yep. he'd mm-hmm. go after. It was halfway over, he'd show up. Yep. You know, he, he'd yep. show up, make an appearance, but he wouldn't be there for the whole thing. And same thing, like, you could, but it's a different time now. The, the way that our kids grow up or the younger generation of kids grow up is just different, and you can't treat them the same way. Otherwise, you're going to be scrambling a lot. Yeah, and um, and just trying to have a, a good, a, it's, it's really a culture thing. You know, everyone's working as a team, and so you really, it's like a certain, uh, I don't know, I want to say, I just look for a type that'll kind of fit in with my staff. Right. You know, because it's, it's so important when you're working in a kitchen with someone for, you know, 10, 12 hours that, that everyone kind of gets along and kind of has the same things in common just for like socializing and whatnot, you know? Right. That's a good point. Just from a social standpoint, you just, you know, it really, it really makes a difference. You're kind of building a team. You know, I've had some really good workers, but if no one likes them, they don't stand a chance. Yeah, you, you know, and it's not, it's, and, it, and I hate to say it. That's fine. You're among what friends. What was that, here. Bruce? I said you're among friends here. It's fine yeah. to say that. But you I know, know what you I, mean because you're with those people in the kitchen more than you are sometimes with your family members at home when you're working full time. So it's it's important to really yeah. make sure that they and mesh. If, and if they don't have any friends there, yeah. And if they don't have any friends there, it's just imagine working with a bunch or, or yeah, just it, they just and if they don't like you, and it's hard. And I mean, everyone's really accepting. I'm not saying that they're not, but sometimes it's just. It is what it is. You don't, you know, you're not best friends with everyone you've ever met, you know? Right. It's just how <laughs> it is. It's just life. Yeah. You know, everyone's kind of got different hobbies, different interests, and, you know, it's, it doesn't always work out. Well, Dan, this is... That's, a- that's why hiring from their friends group really works. They, a lot of times, if they're friends, they, they have similar interests and hobbies and kind of have a similar sense of humor. And they're a little bit comfortable coming to work the first day rather than being conservative exactly, and not, not worrying exactly. knowing what to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'll always try and crack a couple jokes to the new employee just to kind of loosen them up and relax them a little bit. Like, look, you know, you know, don't come in there. You're all nervous. You know, you're never going to remember anything. You're going to be so, you know, worried about, you know, what everyone thinks. Right. Well, Dan, this was a great conversation. I had fun talking to you. Where can people go check you out online? Or if they want to stop into your one of your three restaurants, where can they go to do that? Uh, Chelmsford, North Chelmsford, you know, 14 Fletcher Street, Chelmsford, 10 Vinyl Square, North Chelmsford, and 240 National Road, Barica. MyZestiesPizza.com is our website. And I will link all that up in the show notes for this episode. Dan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Great talking to you, my man. 
Thank you very much, Bruce. Take it easy. All right, well, thanks to Dan for joining us on the podcast episode. If you enjoyed this episode, go follow Dan on Facebook or Instagram. We'll link up all the show notes for you. And by the way, his e- his website is myzestiespizza.com. MyZestiesPizza.com. You can go check him out. All his links will be there. We also, if you're listening to this while you drive, we take all the show notes for you. We leave those over at SmartPizzaMarketing.com. This is episode number 244. I just want to say thank you to all the guests that we've had on in the past. This has been an amazing ride. We're not done yet. Tons of great episodes coming up. If you're listening to this episode and you did not check out last week's episode with Abe Cohen, sounds boring. But we talked a lot about the name of your business and how to protect your business name and recipes and all of that stuff that goes along with that. I know initially when I was doing that podcast, it sounded kind of boring, but it was actually really super interesting. And if you own a business and you have aspirations of opening multiple locations, definitely go back and check out last week's episode with Abe Cohen. All right. Thanks again to Dan. If you want to see us, what we're doing behind the scenes here, you can follow me on Instagram at TheBruceIrving. Also, if you need some help with your business and you don't have uh, or the the desire to hire someone to do it for you, listen, our mastermind group is perfect. And what is a mastermind group? It's a group of individuals, business owners, and myself who meet twice a month to go over what's happening in the restaurant space slash marketing world that you can do in your business. It's not just me. It's other restaurant owners, other business owners, other people who are marketing for local businesses. We come together. We have a private Facebook group or groups. We also have multiple calls every month. You can figure out what's working. Go take the information that you need and then go implement it on your own in your own business. So if you're a more of a hands-on type of person or maybe you're just starting out and your business doesn't necessarily have the, the funds to hire an outside company to do the marketing for you and you really know you need to get it done, you should for sure join our mastermind group. It's super cheap. I don't even care how much it costs. If you need to do it on your own, you are in the restaurant business. You are not a person who knows Facebook or knows how to market the business. It's probably just not what you're good at. Hire somebody or join our group and you can learn and do it on your own. Smartpizzamarketing.com forward slash mastermind to join that. We also have a private website with all our tutorials and all of that good stuff over there. If you want to say hello to me, Uh, Bruce at smartpizzamarketing.com is my personal email address. You can reach out to me and say hello. I have the question. We'll do a QA and a show in the future. At smartpizzamarketing on Instagram and Facebook. At Irving Media on Twitter if you're over there. I've actually been... This is kind of funny. I've always kind of poo-pooed Twitter for local businesses, which I still think that if you're a local business, Twitter may not be the best use of your time. But for me, the one-on-one conversations I have with people on Twitter lately is pretty interesting. So if you're going to follow me, go check out Twitter. I am at Irving Media. I've been throwing out some business uh, insights to what I've seen between the 300-plus interviews we've done in the podcast here, plus the clients that we work with, the coaching clients that we work with, the consulting thing that we do. Uh, Just uh, general knowledge of entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been doing that on Twitter a lot. It seems to be resonating with some folks there. So if you're on Twitter, follow me. I am at Irving Media on Twitter and say hello. Tell me listen to episode number 244 of the podcast and you wanted to check out what I was doing on Twitter. I'll give you a follow back. So let's go. Go over to Irving Media on Twitter and say hi. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you guys listening and joining me every single week here on the podcast and we'll see you on the next one.